1: Welcome to Partners in the Gospel. I'm your host, Chaim Goldman, the Watchman. On Partners in the Gospel, we talk with ministry leaders, pastors, other local community members, as well as national influencers who are making a kingdom impact. On today's program, and we're so happy to have you with us, we have Colorado Springs City Councilman Dave Donaldson, who will be discussing the importance of citizen engagement in our local government, especially if you're a Christian. And in our second segment, we'll be joined by Steve Ringelspaugh from Care Portal, a local ministry that connects faith communities, child welfare agencies, and individuals to help tens of thousands of at-risk children. Councilman Donaldson, welcome to Partners in the Gospel. Hello,
2: Jaime. It's great to be here.
1: It's great to have you here, Dave. Well, let me tell you about Dave Donaldson. He is a 21-year veteran of the U.S. Army, an Iraq War veteran, Green Beret, and worked in military intelligence. He spent two decades as a physician assistant, including being a center director for a local men's health clinic, and as I told you, he's currently the Colorado Springs City Councilman, and he represents District 1, is the chair of the Colorado Springs Utility Board of Directors, which is City Council, and he represents the City Council on the El Paso County Board of Health, and on and on and on. He may fill in some more about that. And today we are talking about the importance of citizen engagement. That means you, citizen engagement in our local government, especially if you are a Christian. So, Councilman Donaldson, give us some backstory. How did you become, how did you get to become a Colorado Springs City Councilman?
2: Uh, Thanks, Haim. And uh, looking back, I would say maybe there was a path that uh, the Lord had for me. Right? I've done many things in in the past, uh, and it gave me a way to reach a a lot of different voters in my campaign. Uh, I worked uh, in the Forest Service up in Montana for several years, I was a paramedic. Uh, I went in the Army, and I did several different things in the Army. I was an enlisted guy. I was an officer. I was a Green Beret, as you said. I wound up being a physician assistant and leading medical medics in Iraq, you know, as we took care of Americans and Iraqis. But two, there's two things that stand out in my mind. And one is after I retired from uh, being a physician assistant, my wife and I took a trip to Iraq. Uh, for D Day, her her father Joe Pip had been a lieutenant and landed on Utah Beach oh. on June 6, forty four. Uh-huh. So we went over for the seventy fifth anniversary of that, and we were there when President Trump actually spoke at the cemeteries above the uh, those two beaches. And when I was on those beaches, uh, I, I really asked myself if if the men who died there, if they looked at America today, they mm-hmm. would think they gave their life and, and and they were proud of what our country had become. And I, I wasn't sure they, they would. And I, I was raised as a Catholic, a Roman Catholic. Uh, and so I feel our culture, you know, the values in our culture have shifted. And uh, and I, I thought right then, as the opportunity comes, I'm going to run for office. Uh, came back to the States shortly after that. The George Floyd thing blew up. My brother is a police officer. He's recently retired in North Carolina. I saw what city councils were doing across the country, mm-hmm. including Denver and I realized many city councils were part of the problem. They weren't part of the solution. And uh, it so happened that District 1 the, was term limited. Don Knight was the, uh, the councilman then. That came open. And again, so, so I ran then. And I think my background appeals to a lot of people. And uh, at the time, it might have seemed a strange journey. But I think there was a purpose to it. Mm, fantastic. And we actually
1: met and got to know each other because of the church voter guide. Um, that was the first election that we did. and That's right. so uh, and and uh, you know, we enjoy through the voter guide giving people platforms, especially those who'd not run before. You didn't have a political career before you had no record and and uh, Dave and I got to be friends uh, well during that process and after the process, and it was great uh, when he won. and he's been doing some really strong things uh, down there on the council, uh, especially during covid uh, being on the um, board of health and and fighting for. Um, for our rights as citizens on the board of health and him being a physician's assistant made that uh, possible and got him uh, into that position. So you never know in your path, (laughs) how it's going to end up and how it's going to benefit your local community and the kingdom. So, so Dave, you were talking about, you know, being part of the solution, being part of the problem, based on the cultural climate across our country right now, and specifically in the Pikes Peak regions, What are the danger signs that you're seeing among we, the people who are supposed to be the government?
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I see, and and it it concerns me a lot, is in this recent election, I think a lot of conservatives uh, sat on their hands. They didn't vote. And I hear a neighbor, even neighbors of mine, friends of of my wife, especially, who've said, well, you know, um, this is kind of it's in the Lord's hands. Whatever he wants is going to happen. Right? Maybe they weren't, they weren't pleased with either candidate, so mm-hmm. they sat it out. And uh, you know, before we came on there, we, we talked about a joke, which I'm sure many of your listeners have heard, about uh, a man uh, at his house, and the floodwaters are coming, and a neighbor comes by and says, you know, come with me, let's get out of here. And he goes, oh, no, the Lord will take care of me. And then there's a boat that comes by, and he says, no, 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 I'll be okay. The Lord will take care of me. Eventually, he's on his roof, and a helicopter comes, and he's like, no, no, the Lord will, will take care of me the Lord's got it. And uh, next thing he knows, he's in heaven, and he asked the Lord, like, Lord, you know, I believed in you. I trusted you. Why did that happen? And the Lord says, hey, I, I sent a policeman. I sent your neighbor. I sent a helicopter. And so we, I, this is what I believe. We have to use the the gifts that, that the Lord has given us, that God has given us, my background, for example, uh, to do his work, you know, here, here in the world. And, the, our culture, I, I think your listeners would agree, our culture has changed. It's no You can no longer assume the people on um, on the school board share your values. Some of them don't. And so we need our citizens, we need good Christians to become involved. Uh, and I think we'll talk a little bit about how they can do that.
1: So you're seeing people checking out of the process, and, and especially Christians just checking out of the process and not leaving it to government politicians rather than understanding that we are the government and we're supposed to be involved. And this is our this is our city. This
2: is our county that we have to be engaged. Absolutely. And, and we need to support each other. Those in elected office need to do things that give citizens encouragement. Right. And we've talked about some examples and vice versa. uh citizens they need to become involved right especially if you feel like it, those in elected office aren't doing enough uh, we're going to talk about some citizen committees etc which you can com- become involved in uh and help because again you can't sit back and and hope or 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 just believe that it's all going to work out maybe maybe you're being called on to do something right now mm-hmm. and so when you encourage people, when you get in front of them and say, "Hey, I
1: ran for city council," what yeah. are some ways that you you work to get people, you know, pumped up and engaged? What do you do to encourage the citizens here?
2: Well, there's a lot of things you can do. Um, simply writing a letter to the editor, you know, in, in our, our local newspaper. Trust me, people on city council, county commissioners, our mayor, they read those things, and it makes a it makes an impression. Uh, there was a recent example with a constitution extension the city. had had an idea to study a road going through some neighborhoods that those people got very involved. Mm -hmm. They wrote multiple letters to the editor. Uh, They sent many emails to city councilmen. They showed up big time at multiple meetings and that makes a difference. Um, So, so as simple as that, you can come into city council and speak. You know, we meet on the second and fourth Tuesdays of each month and citizens get three minutes each to come in and speak to city council. That's not available everywhere in America anymore, but Colorado Springs is still that way. You can do that. There are citizen uh, committees, and we'll talk about those, mm-hmm. which you can get on, and there's a reason uh, why it's important. Again, if if the Christians say, well, I don't want to be involved in that, you know, I, I kind of don't have time for it. If you're trusting that the people who will become involved share your values, I think you're you're taking a big risk because mm-hmm. they very well may not.
1: Yeah, and I've I've seen Councilman Donaldson in, in many ways. He'll, he'll delay things for more discovery, for more research, for more citizen input, where a lot of things may have gotten rubber stamped. I know that the people on the on the committees and councils with you don't always appreciate it, but I've seen him many times do that and say, we need to give the people more time or the research more time. Let's not just run roughshod over this thing. And And we see that going on all around the country where people don't listen. But I've seen you and... And other council members like you, you know, take the time to listen, and, and that's been good. And we still have that here, so take advantage of it. So, so Dave, you you mentioned the citizen committees, and and we want to spend the last part of the program today talking about that because these are very, very specific committees that citizens uh, can join. There's an application process, right. um, and where you can really be involved. It's not three minutes a comment. Uh, you're actually deliberating making decisions and making recommendations to the city council so so tell us about how you get on those committees and and let's discuss yeah. a few of them and why they're important they're they you wouldn't think necessarily they're so important uh but they have wide-ranging
2: implications each each of these different committees or um uh there's another word too but each of them makes recommendations to city council so if if Christians, if your listeners are on these committees, I think they're going to be well-balanced committees. If not, if if your listeners, if if good Christians don't do that, and it be, it can become lopsided, right? There are special interest groups out there that pay very close attention to this, and they try to load these things up with their people. Why? Because these committees will make recommendations, for example, for public art. So if you go downtown and you see art and you're like, what is this? Like, I, 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 this is horrible. Well, we're... So, you know There is a citizens' committee making recommendations about that, and you could be on that um, on that committee making those recommendations. That's one example. We have another one that's called the LETAC, or the Law Enforcement Transparency and Accountability Committee. That makes recommendations about things like, hey, how many of these uh, homeless outreach teams, the teams that go out and try to take care of the homeless population, should we have? Your, your values, I know the people that are listening to your show, Haim, I want you on these committees. Um, we don't have enough of what I would say are just traditional uh, Americans that that want to be involved in this stuff, and it's it's very important. Another example is uh, CTAB, the Citizens Transportation Advisory Board. That's going to make recommendations about uh, you know roads, bike lanes. I know bike lanes can be a hot issue. Well, where where are those ideas coming from? They're coming from this kind of a citizen committee. So. Three, three simple examples there. Oh, there's LART. Uh, and and LART. LART. LART is the lodgers and, and rental tax. It's a tax that people who check into a hotel, at hotels, or for a rental car pay. And it funds a lot of uh, events here in the city, which are designed to draw in uh, tourists, right? And that's good for our economy. There's more people in the hotels, more people renting the cars, and going to restaurants and everything. Mm-hmm that that citizens advisory group makes recommendations on how many dollars should we uh, allocate to these different events some of those events i am sure your your, your listeners would think are great there are others uh, i know your your listeners you may would like the
1: pride event that we had this past weekend there was tax dollars that went to that not just private money
2: that's correct and there's a way you know you can kind of justify it well that money will be spent for police uh, you know to block the roads it'll be spent for porta potties things like that um But again, the people, you know, there's a saying that uh, uh, personnel is policy. The people that are there make a big influence. Mm Mm-hmm. So, we're,
1: sorry we have to finish up now, but but there's an application process for this that you go through. I want you to know, generally, these committees meet just once a month. So, it's not a huge commitment of time. We don't people uh, that have families and jobs and everything thinking they can't do this, but we have to do this, folks. So, I want to tell you, go to coloradosprings.gov, the website coloradosprings.gov, then find your way through it. But I'll tell you, there's a government tab, a city council tab, and then a committee's tab and you go to the committees tab and there's the information that will tell you when the application process takes place what the committees are about what they do get involved these are very very important and you can do them you don't have to run for office and you don't have to serve all the time that dave Donaldson and the other elected officials do but you can make a really big difference in helping in our government there so councilman Donaldson, thank you so much for being on partners in the gospel thank you heim god bless you Uh, Thank you for being here. Well, coming up after the break on Partners in the Gospel, we have Steve Ringelspahl from Beautiful Redemption. It's a local ministry that helps tens of thousands of at-risk children find out how you can help them, too. I'm Chaim Goldman, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Chaim Goldman, the Watchman, new host of Partners in the Gospel in Colorado Springs. Would you like to suggest a ministry leader, pastor, or other member of our community who is making a true kingdom impact to be a guest on Partners in the Gospel program, maybe even suggest yourself. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Please call me, Haim Goldman, at Salem Media Group at 719-388-0386. That's 719-388-0386. Welcome back to Partners in the Gospel. I'm your host, Haim Goldman, the Watchman. Joining us in our second segment is Steve Ringelspaugh of Care Portal, a local ministry that connects faith communities, child welfare agencies, and individuals to help tens of thousands of at-risk children. Steve Ringelspaul, welcome to Partners in the Gospel.
3: Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, it really is a privilege to be, be here talking with you and talking with our folks out there.
1: Well, we're, we're happy to have you here, especially when it involves the children. You know, we, we definitely want to help. And we're going to be talking today about fulfilling the great commandment of loving your neighbor in practical ways that you've probably never thought of. And and before I let Steve speak, I'll let you know Steve Ringlespaugh is a husband, father of two young children, has served on church staff for a decade, including a th- as a youth pastor, and is now regional manager of Care Portal in Colorado. And we're going to be telling you about Care Portal soon. But first of all, just to to meet Steve and and to know his background and know that his heart is really, really in this, um Steve you you lost a parent at a very early age and and thankfully and this doesn't happen with most unfortunately a church family really stepped up uh and helped you out so give us your background in that area.
3: Yeah, thanks Ham. I'm, I'm just I feel really privileged to be able to be in a situation where I can say that my community really wrapped around me. Um I had uh, I had friends and mentors I can think of when I was just in elementary school, and i don 't remember what that mentor said to me. I just remember that he was there, mm-hmm. and so many people are going through crisis situations like losing a loved one or or not being able to make ends meet or i mean huge problems, and they have nobody to reach out to um, and that 's why i 'm passionate about what I get to do is because I get to create communities that come around people who are in crisis, and i 'm passionate about doing that because. Um, I'm the beneficiary of that. Of that happening exactly. and coming together. Well, we have this great commandment,
1: you know, of love, Lord, your God, but love your neighbor as yourself. And we, we tend to, in ways, do well with the first one, but <laughs> but especially in this modern society, you know, where it's get off my lawn and leave me alone, and right. we've been separated, and it's and it's even where, especially with children, it's like, uh, you know, what are you doing? Like, people don't trust people around their children anymore. It's it's really quite a horrible situation right. that we've created for ourselves here. So in our modern society and within the church community, why do you think people have, other than, you know, things I've just mentioned, but sort of the the causal— nature right. of of what we're looking at, what's so hard
3: about loving our neighbor these days? <laughs> well, I think it's for me and for I'm sure you as well is somewhere we can all kind of step up in this area um because I think we all have good intentions, right? Nobody is saying like I hate all of my neighbors. Um, n- most people wouldn't say that they're you know disgruntled and are unkind. Most mm-hmm. people think of themselves well, but when it comes down to it. Um, you know, loving your neighbor when Jesus was talking about it, didn't mean have good intentions towards your neighbor. Like there was actual literal things to do for literal neighbors, actually showing them love and not just being like, I'm okay that you exist over there somewhere, but I'm actually going to show you ways that I actually love you and care about you. Do you you. think people are intimidated to do that? I mean, what do you think is keeping us from doing it? You know what? I think people have good intentions. They just don't know how. I mean, if I challenged you to go out and love your neighbor and gave you an hour to go do it, what <laughs> are you are you ready to go jump in your car? Do you have a place that you think you would go? Or most of us we just kind of draw blank when we're like, yeah, yeah, I love your neighbor. I'm excited about that, but like, oh, oh, do it now, what, what here? <laughs> Right
1: so so what are some practical things that you suggest people do? What are what are ways that you think people should approach it to get over this hump and fulfill this great commandment?
3: Yeah, first of all, I think Jesus loves this prayer. So if you're sitting here being like I want to grow in this area, just ask God to help expand this in your life and he's going to love your heart in this. And I believe give you the wisdom as you ask for wisdom and the ability, Um, small things like just making yourself available. I love this quote. We only have love to the extent that we make ourselves available. Make yourself available, put actually pull out your calendar and put a 20, 30, one hour a slot in your calendar somewhere this week that says, I'm going to love my neighbor. And your brain is going to start being like, well, what am I going to do? What do I fill that? uh, I've got an hour to fill now, but your neighbor doesn't know that. So you are walking outside and you see your neighbors moving or, or shoveling rocks or something. You just instinctively grab your shovel because you're like, this is my opportunity. Like, and it might look a thousand different ways depending on who you are and where you are, but, but that's a simple challenge right there. Put a slot in your calendar. I'm going to love my neighbor and I'm looking for ways to do this this week. Okay. What else? Man, there's a lot of really good ways to love your neighbors. There's a ton of great ministries out there. Um, But I I would say I work primarily in like foster care and adoption. And I talk to so many people where they're just like, good for you. I don't have the capacity for that. Find families that, you know, maybe you're a grandmother or a grandpa. Um, There's a lot of people who are raising kids on their own. You could be a grandpa for their kids, Mm -hmm. even if they're not biologically your grandchildren. So many people need help raising kids and they need insight, especially in the foster care and adoption space. Um, you, You might not be the right person to jump into that space, but I promise you, you are the right person to make a lunch. Or, maybe to take the kids to a movie or or give them some kind of break time and and you'll find that God really changes your life and your capacity through simple things like that as well, and, and uh, divine appointments and exactly and, and
1: i I think that you know we all think about how we would respond to it. It is a little weird, you know when strangers, but you know your next door neighbor shouldn't be a stranger right? I think when <laughs> when i when I was growing up, the whole neighborhood knew each other now right. now we don't do that, so even just starting to break the ice, saying hi you know starting to find out what's going on and you'd be amazed and I'm not saying you're going to get 100% good response on this but <laughs> a lot of times you'd be surprised that even people who who are not religious if you if you ask if you can pray for them they may not want to do it right there but maybe they will that people are looking for prayer people are lonely people are hurting people are looking for community mm-hmm. and uh thankfully the Messiah gave us a command <laughs> yeah and it, and it really is a command well, let's get over to, to Care Portal and, yeah. and let us know what that is. Um, you're a regional manager for Care Portal in Colorado, and it's a. I was saying, is it a ministry? Is it technology? You said yes. So we're calling it a technology-based yes. ministry. How does it work, and how does it
3: help? Yeah, well, Care Portal is a technology that connects all these pieces together. So many people want to help, but they don't know how. Care Portal, you could download the app. You could go to careportal.org, see what's going on. But essentially what it does is it, it shows you the needs within a 5, 10-mile radius from your house, from kids and families who are, who are vulnerable, who are in crisis. These are kids in foster care. They've come out of sex trafficking. They've got special needs. They're in the school counseling system or child welfare professionals post needs on the care portal and then our churches, our businesses, our individuals can see those vetted needs and have a very simple way to just click a button that says, yes, I can help. And it will connect you to that need so that you can help in very tangible ways, um, but also very deep, meaningful ways, too. Um, I can't tell you how many people that I've served where they're just like, why are you doing this? And just like you said, Hyman, you'd be like, well, I'm doing this because God loves me and he loves you. Um, can I pray for you? What is is there anything else I can help with? And it starts these just radical conversations.
1: So so CarePortal is there to make fulfilling this commandment simpler. Yes. Um in your specific area. So I mean technology-wise pretty simple. People go on careportal.org. Uh we are, there's also beautiful redemption com is a, the associated ministry beautiful redemption but using the technology pretty pretty simple what people do when they get on the site
3: pretty simple yeah you get on the site and you can see all the needs in your area and so I just encourage you go to beautifulredemption.com if you're an individual you can sign up as an individual uh, we encourage churches to sign up and they basically create an entire group of people who respond on behalf of the church. And, and can serve hundreds. Some churches serve thousands of kids every year through Care Portal.
1: So it's really a way of, of building community. Exactly. And, and, and connecting in this world. We're using technology to try to get outside the technology, <laughs> right. right? Exactly. Use the internet to get off the internet. Actually uh-huh. walk next door and find out that people in your neighborhood have needs. Well, Steve, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Thank you. It's been a privilege. Thank you. And, and make sure to go over to Care Portal careportal.org or beautifulredemption.com. Well, I'm Chaim Goldman, the Watchman. Get out there and make an impact for the kingdom for such a time as this. Shalom.